let all cats old enough to catch their own prey gather here beneath the podcast for a clan meeting. Welcome to Paws and Claws, a podcast where we read the Warrior Cats books in chronological order. I'm Scout, joined by my co-host and wrangler of local gremlin, Jill, and today we will be discussing the 14th published super edition, Leopard Star's Honor. Jillian, it has been 84,000 years. (sighs) Yeah, it's really hard to podcast when you have bronchitis. It is. Um, <laughs> the thing is you need you need your voice in your lungs and your throat and that it bronchitis takes all that away. It sure does. So yes, hi everyone. It's me, the asthma asthma again. <laughs> um, oh no, me when my asthma disables me. Me when my disability disables me. But yes, thank you. I am feeling so much better now. I'm still congested, but I'm glad that you're feeling better overall though. Yeah, I'm tracking the congestion up to the fact that it is like 20 degrees outside. Yeah, it's cold. It's the new year, baby. It's the new year. Happy new year, everybody. This will be coming out, I think, at least in February. But that's, you know, that's closer to the lunar new year. It is. Year of the dragon. I'm the year of the dog. So I was not too long ago. I am also a dog. I mean, we were were born born in the same same age. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, ah, and then I remembered we're the same age. (laughs) Um, well, we're not talking about dogs today. We're talking about cats. Meow. Meow. How is the prey running today, my friend? Oh my god. Today I ordered some Indian food and I have leftovers for tomorrow. I also, on Friday... Oh, what did I have Friday? Oh, I had um, pasta puttanesca for the first time. I ordered I ordered puttanesca and za'atar fries uh, from this like Mediterranean Italian place. It was really good. I love that. I've never had pasta puttanesca, but I love to say pasta puttanesca. It's really like I feel like it's so similar to a meal that I already make that I basically could call what I already make puttanesca. I shouldn't Google yeah. pasta puttanesca right now. We are making <laughs> a very, podcast. It's very, it's very simple, it seems. It's got uh, olives and tomatoes and capers and I think anchovies mm-hmm. and like a lot of olive oil. Oh my God, it's really good. It's very like, it's got like a tang to it. I like the- Yeah. All those various uh, like preserved things with the capers mm-hmm. and the anchovies and a little chili pepper. Mm-hmm. I've got capers in the house right now. I should make some of this. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then, of course, the za'atar fries are the whole reason I ordered from this place in the first Hell place. Hell yeah. That sounds so good. so yummy. I love I love a fry with like a nice spice mix on them. They come with like a little garlic sauce or something like oh, that. Nice, oh, nice. Like an aioli. Oh, so good. Anyway. So good. Uh, I've been bad this weekend and I ordered a lot of food because I was hey. like, I don't want to cook for myself. That's okay. You got, you know, you got to treat yourself. Yeah, you know. Uh, what have I been eating? The other night I made a favorite in my household, one of, uh, you could say my signature dishes. I don't know if this is precisely what it is I'm, I make. It, it seems equivalent to, and I also don't know that I'm pronouncing it correctly, uh, but I believe that it is called Lurofan, which is uh, sort of a, a shallot, caramelized shallot and pork belly dish that you serve over rice and uh, you poach an egg on top of it in the pan, kind of similar to uh, how you do a shakshuka. 
Girl, I just ate a whole bunch of Indian food and a big, warm oatmeal chocolate chip cookie. And now I'm, I'm like, oh, I could go for some of that. <laughs> it's so tasty and, and easy to, to throw together because I uh, we, we buy like a Trader Joe's pre-cured pork belly, which is nice mm-hmm. because it comes together really fast. Uh, but it's so tasty. We had a uh, favorite uh, favorite on the show. I've talked about it at least one other time. Barry tamales this weekend. Hell yeah! Uh, if I ever come over, we gotta make berry tamales. We, we get the tamales right from there's uh, there's like a small butchery and meat shop that's up the road, and we don't really buy meat from them. Um, they have like venison and like wild game and stuff. Oh, it's wild cool. in there. This is not related, but they have this. They had this sign around Thanksgiving that just said the turkeys are coming. And it was very ominous to walk oh, by it and see the turkeys are coming in the window. <laughs> uh, but they also, on the weekends, they get uh, tamales made from another like local person who just like sells their tamales to this small local place. And that's where we get their tamales. And they're really nice. So I will definitely uh, make you some berry tamales when, when you come visit. I love that. Uh, that's it for Food Corner for me. Yeah, I don't really have much more food to discuss. But yeah, it's been, you know, I've finally gotten my sense of taste back after being sick. So like, Oof. I'm like oh, thank God I can taste food again. You can taste food and the spicy, like the spicy probably helps with the nose mm, a little mm-hmm. bit with the sinuses. Uh, tell me about this cover you pulled. Yeah, there's a cover that I pulled today uh, that is really cool. Now, I could not find a Polish cover for this book. I wonder if because it's relatively new um, that just hasn't gotten like the Polish cover treatment yet. But I did find the simplified Chinese cover, which is great. It's got leopard star on the front. She's holding a little fish in her mouth. Oh, this is a new one, huh? Yeah. 2021. Which I think could uh, account for some of the inconsistencies mm-hmm. that we will see mm-hmm. uh, because it has been admittedly a long time since the original series was written. And also, this book was put out during the pandemic. That's true. Like during the early stages of it, it was mm-hmm. probably being written. So I have yeah. a feeling that could yeah, I'm, I partially think I, be to blame for some of the things we I found. Wonder, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering if that's why, I, uh, uh, why we got what we got with uh, some... Really rough editing in the back oh, quarter. <laughs> I was so I was hoping it was a misprint on my end, but it was. I was not. hoping it was a misprint in the like it was something wrong with the ebook because I was reading it on the Kindle. <laughs> uh, oof. Well, um, oof. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. But for now, I love this art. Uh, it's got kind of like leopard fur is popping out from in front of the Chinese text on it. Um, it says 10 plus down in the corner, which I'm assuming is for 10 year olds. Yeah, uh, I assume so. I uh, It's got really nice like lighting and I just like it mm-hmm. a lot. I love the colors. I love how wet she looks. She's, she's all, like all she's all wet. Yeah, she's got kind of like long chest fur that's, uh, you know, matted with dampness. Uh, leopard fur has always been one of the prettiest cats. Oh, like, 100%. I believe we said it in the last recording, but she was one of my favorites as a child simply because I loved leopards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cat that looks like leopard and named leopard, favorite. Instant. Instant. That's the one. Yeah, well, but clearly we have some things to say about this book. Oh, yeah. We should... Uh, uh... Get on into it, I think. Yeah, before before we uh, give away all of our all of our hot takes, mm-hmm. um, let me take you all through the summary this week. 
In this book, taking a break from Fireheart's saga, we once again visit RiverClan's camp, this time from Leopardstar's perspective. We follow her first through early kithood, where she develops a fear of the water due to bullying by her denmates. During her apprenticeship, her father, Mudfur, who served as a warrior before training as a medicine cat, confides in her that he believes StarClan has prophesized his daughter will save not only RiverClan, but all four clans. Though it takes time and encouragement from her best friend, Sunfish, she overcomes her phobia of the river and grows into a headstrong young warrior, Leopardfur. Though her father and clan leader warn her against the tendency to fight first, ask questions later, she still instigates a conflict with ThunderClan when leading a patrol to Sunning Rocks, our favorite hotly contested border. The battle leads to the death of her former mentor, as well as Sunfish, who unfortunately dies of infected wounds a few days later. On her deathbed, she asks for Leopardfur to watch over her son, Whitepaw. Leopardfur takes over his apprentice training, and though they struggle at first to overcome their grief, by the time Whitepaw earns his warrior name, Whiteclaw, they have found a familial bond, becoming like mother and son. During this time, Leopardfur also grows closer to fellow warrior Frogleap. Though they care deeply for one another, when Leopardfur is promoted to deputy after Okart's death, she finds she cannot balance her duties and be the mate Frogleap wants her to be. So she breaks it off. Despite this, she struggles to let go of her feelings for him, especially when he takes Mosspelt as his mate, and the two prepare to have kids together. It is Whiteclaw, impassioned by Leopardfur's prideful teachings, who instigates the fight near the gorge after WindClan's return from exile. Though his death is an accident, Leopardfur blames Greystripe for the loss of her surrogate son, and that sentiment keeps her bitter toward and suspicious of both he and Fireheart, even when they aid her clan during the heavy floods. These floods also bring more tragedy, as Frogleap dies in a fishing accident, and two of his three kits drown during the destruction of RiverClan's camp, leaving Leopardfur emotionally adrift. Throughout her time as deputy, she has shared words and ambitions with Tigerclaw at gatherings, bonding over their apparent desires to better their clans through radical change. Thus, when Tigerclaw disappears for a few moons, only to resurface as Tigerstar, ShadowClan's new leader, she believes his tales of being driven out by the wily kitty pet ways of Fireheart, worming his way into Blue Star's good graces and poisoning ThunderClan from within. It is not long after this that Leopardfur ascends to leadership when Crooked Star loses his final life to a respiratory illness. As Leopardstar, she falls even further into Tigerstar's insidious grasp. Though her father warns against it and her clan as a whole disapproves of the decision, she agrees to combine ShadowClan and RiverClan into a single entity, TigerClan. TigerStar claims they will share leadership equally, but his promise is swiftly broken as he bullies himself into a place of authority over the cats of RiverClan and even over LeopardStar herself. 
he forces the imprisonment of RiverClan's half-clan cats, Blue Star's kits Stonefur and Mistyfoot, and Silverstream's kits Featherpaw and Stormpaw. Through all this, Leopard Star continues to tell herself this is for the good of the clans, but her resolve breaks after Tiger Star orders the execution of Stonefur. She no longer believes his vision is anything but a selfish grab for power, but is in too deep to stop it. Tiger Star enlists our old friend Scourge and the Cats of Blood Clan to help the violent overthrow of Thunder Clan and Wind Clan's leaders, but out for revenge, Scourge betrays Tiger Star and declares he will instead take the forest for himself. Despondent and hopeless, Leopard Star feels ready to give up, but Mudfur says he still believes in the prophecy he gave her all those moons ago. She will save the clans and she will do it by standing with all of them against Blood Clan. Filled with new resolve, Leopard Star readies for the battle to decide the fate of the forest. But we won't be covering that until the darkest hour. Oh man. So, let's start with overall thoughts. How was this read for you, Jill? I see what this book could have been oh and i wish it was that instead of what we have tell me more about what you wish it could have been i feel like there was a lot of potential in showing a different story than we usually get for leaders Mm -hmm. i feel like you know exploring the reasons why this cat would join up with tiger star like that shit i was messaging you about i was like holy shit like this is exactly like and we'll get into it Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. the youtube pipeline Uh, (laughs) but like there was that there was all of the stuff around her kind of growing up uh admiring her father for something and then he completely like changes his life and she just doesn't know how to reconcile that i think there were a lot of really good character interactions in this Mm -hmm. book i think the plot was not there (laughs) it was really there was no and like part of this i think is the issue that leopard star is a like character in the original series that we see not a ton from but like enough from that we already know a lot of her public story Right, you kind of get the get the vibe. Yeah, and, and so when in, there's more of that, it's that's I think where the book struggles a lot is when they're trying to like shoehorn in the big plot points that we all remember from the books. Because <laughs> like you know there were a lot of character interactions that I genuinely really loved. Uh, there were some things I think could have been done better. There was the issue with the editing. Uh huh. But like I think this book did not reach the potential that it could have. Yeah, I think that that uh, definitely, I agree with that. I, I said something similar, uh, like in our in our DMs earlier today, but it really feels like a book that is, despite sort of hopping forward a lot and, and sort of 
like theory keeping the pace up. We've talked a lot in the past with the super editions about how the pacing can really drag. The weird thing here was it did seem like scenes were changing pretty frequently. We weren't necessarily revisiting like exact same scenes uh, with like a different cat as as often as we were seeing in some of the others that we have read, but it's still really dragged in places and I agree with you that it it shines in some of its character interactions um and really falls flat with just general structure yeah. and movement through leopard fur's life. I agree. I think structure is the exact word that I would want to use as like its its main failing. Yeah. Um the structure just felt it felt all over the place. Like, yeah, which is too bad because I do think that there were some things that were an improvement. Like we talked about the um, we've talked I've talked a lot about how much the kit sections of the super editions can drag for me. Her being a kit and an apprentice was really it was really short here. Also mm-hmm. opened like very strong with if you hadn't killed your mother, the rest of the clan wouldn't even bother with you. Yeah, that scene was unbelievable. That scene was bananas kids could you lighten up a little it's page 14 yeah that shit was wild uh so we got out of that really quickly and so i i actually had uh high hopes for the pacing of the rest of the book and i can't even necessarily like i don't know that i feel that there is a spot any specific spot where like one plot beat went on for too long it was just that it all kind of felt eh. it all kind of just melded together into yeah, there wasn't necessarily a lot of like great transition between scenes i feel like mm-hmm. it was like okay well these are the highlights we have to hit from leopard star's life so let's hit them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um <laughs> especially noticed like one of my huge issues and i've been watching i was watching an h-bomber guy video this morning mm-hmm. uh shout out to h-bomber guy the realist h-bomber guy YouTube, you out here YouTuber. doing the lord's work yeah, this man is a saint. I was watching his video on Ruby, the 3D anime Ruby, right. R-W-B-Y. Mm-hmm. And that may have clouded a little bit of what I was, you know, feeling, but it was a lot of like, hey, this is why I'm disappointed because we have this potential here and you're kind of wasting it by just like throwing whatever you want to on the page. <laughs> Yeah, um, not not curating it in the yeah, way that necessarily a, a story should not be. Not really giving it a structure of a story until like the back half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of the other things that stuck out to me from that video that I kind of like noticed a little bit in this book is like explaining things to characters that were there so that the reader can know what happened. Because uh-huh. you know what drove me fucking nuts? Mm-hmm. There what? was one chapter that opened with them leaving a gathering and talking to leopard star who was at the gathering what happened at the gathering i'm like just show us the fucking gathering yeah that is kind of weird leopard star was there she knows (laughs) she was there you don't need to tell her that is that also the same one where they said that Gray Stripe was there, but he very distinctly wasn't there? I think so. Probably. That's literally, not that important. It was just a thing that stuck out to me. Yeah, literally, like, just very clunky exposition in this book, I feel mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. is is kind of what we've got going on here. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, and this is something that I'm realizing, thinking about 
most of the super editions we've read previously were sort of prequels to the prophecies begin in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. This is the first one that sort of is primarily running concurrent to the prophecies begin. Yeah. And I feel like that was an interesting concept, but ended up being a bit of a detriment to it just because of the struggles that they had with figuring out how to work that into a structure. Yeah, I agree because it, you know, they wanted to make sure that we had the context of those plot points in case, you know, you hadn't read the original books. But like in that case, just show what happens from a different character's perspective. I promise we're going to be okay. You've given us Redtail's death 20 different times now. <laughs> like Now admittedly, we didn't get that exact scene, though we did we get did like get some of it. Yeah. We got a we, we got, got like a hints. different fight. Yeah. But that was which was still too much. I'm so tired. Man, I'm so fucking tired of seeing them fight over sunning rocks. I can't wait for us to Spoilers for the for next arc. From you. I can't fucking wait for us to get out of this damn forest so we can stop talking about the stupid rocks. Yeah, low key, that is one of the best things to come of the, the move across the mountains is we don't have to fucking hear about sunning rocks as much anymore. God, please. Some rock. I mean, it's very <laughs> in character for cats to fight over the, the pretty rocks where you get to sun a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like Zelda would fight. Throw hands. Yeah. yeah. Zelda cat I mean, would throw hands for the sunniest spot. She kind of does already. If we sit in her... <laughs> she has her own couch, essentially. Oh. If we sit in her spot, she will pout and kind of huff until she gets her way. I love her. Yeah. This extremely Zelda dog energy, too. She gets very angry if somebody is either in the spot that she wants to be occupying or if someone, uh, primarily me, is not being her little personal human couch. Mm -hmm. She hates it when I have my like iPad on my lap instead of her. She gets so mad about it. But yeah, so basically I thought it was, you know, it was okay. But I definitely think it's... Uh could have been better. Yeah. I'm not sure that I have a specific like you you had some some good some good notes. I don't know that I particularly can articulate a specific way that I would change it to to make it better aside from just like tightening it up. Mm -hmm. It's it seemed so long. And you said that it really wasn't any longer than like Yellow Fang or Blue Star. Right. Um but it it was a hefty one to get through for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, trust me. I 100% agree. One thing that I did think was pretty effective was the recontextualizing of White Claw's death and Leopard Fur's whole, yeah. uh, uh, like, reaction and the way that she acts in The Prophecies Begin. Uh, mm -hmm. Making that into, like, a surrogate child situation and being all tied up in the loss that leopard for experienced earlier with losing her mentor whose name was also uh prefixed with white white fang and sunfish and sort of wrapping all of that up with uh the death of white club what i wrote in the notes is welcome to warrior cats here we take a frustrating grudge a minor character had against our main protags in the primary series and expand it out into a deeply sympathetic and devastating backstory yeah i loved that choice mm-hmm that, especially because 
right before he dies, White Claw is like talking about how much he likes Silverstream. And then the <laughs> cat that Leopard Fur blames for his death is the one who gets with Silverstream. The fucking like dramatic irony, the tragedy. Yes. Oh, it was so delicious. I was like, yes. It was good. It was so good stuff. I really like I kind of now I know this is going to make me sound bad. I kind of wish that we had leaned more into leopard fur feeling jealous and when Moss Pelt gets captured. Mm -hmm. I was kind of low key hoping it was going to straight up be a I don't like that you're with the person I rejected, so I'm going to kind of do this on purpose. Mm -hmm. But it was never played like that. And I feel like it could have been fun for her to be a little bit more abrasive or bad. Yeah, I, I think that something that kind of we struggle with with Leopard for uh, Leopard Star throughout this entire book is this balance of is she kind of like a piece of shit or is she just like sort of yeah. following the you know the wrong path does she just have a lack of morals like is she you know is she sometimes it's some there's so many places where she doesn't learn that then mm -hmm. the places where she's actually like kind of being normal it doesn't feel as earned in a way yeah um, i agree the uh the the scene by the way since this one didn't make it into my summary the scene that we were talking about is uh the river clan cats try to steal fish from a guy that is fishing in the river which i love that, that i love so that concept funny. i fucking love it when the cats uh just like do uh uh, uh, like military ops against mm -hmm. a human to try and get fish um and the guy is so confused but moss pelt who is frog leap's new uh new girlfriend new mate after leopard for breaks up with him ends up getting captured by the two leg and they have to do a whole like get her out thing and yeah it's played very much like i did like i i kind of liked that she was like i'm gonna take her out so because to, to prove that I'm not jealous and then that is the thing that ends up getting her captured. Mm -hmm. But I think that it would have been way more interesting if we really saw that like Leopard Fur was really thinking, you know, if something happened, maybe that would have be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i don't know there were a lot of places where it, it just felt like stuff wasn't quite pushed to like the level of melodrama that i expect of warriors yeah it with warrior cats is definitely like in the genre of melodrama it is very much mm -hmm. um shout out to uh, my beloved parents who listen to this uh, show with me when episodes release and uh, my mom is constantly calling it the cat soap opera because uh, that's you know it's not it's not wrong and sometimes they do stuff that's understated but understated like within the genre and I think there was a lot of stuff here that just like wasn't quite getting pushed and punched enough to to sort of go toe to toe with the the setting that that it's in no i completely agree and like the other thing too is just it there are some points where it feels like they chose the safe option mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of trying to like do something new which i think loses 
the like spirit of what the special editions are or yeah originally started as like it started as a like this is something absolutely wild like mm -hmm. introducing a brand new clan like what when did firestar's quest come out like after the second did it come out after the second or did it come? Was it a thing that came out in between the, the first I and second? I think it came out after the second at the very least. I'm uh, let's find it. out. Firestars. Came out in 2005. So, yes, it was. It was 2007. It was a couple of a couple books in. Mm -hmm. And like the way that we were like, oh, my fucking God, <laughs> because, you know, we're several books in. And all of a sudden, we're getting some fucking deep lore. Mm-hmm. We're getting some crazy stuff. We're getting a whole little... It, the other thing, too, is Firestar's Quest is, like, one adventure. Yeah, it is one big adventure. Also, for, for the record, the entirety of the new prophecy did come out before Firestar's Quest. You were right. Okay, that's what I thought. So, yeah, we're 12 books in, and they're like, oh, yeah, we know that they just left, but uh, guess what they fucking left behind? It was fucking <laughs> awesome. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, that was like, it was one big adventure, it's tight, it makes sense as being its own book because it is a big plot that can't quite be contained mm -hmm. to one volume of an arc, and it cannot be spread into a six book arc. Right. And I feel like all of these, like backstory specific ones mm -hmm. really suffer from not having that like super tight concise right like, yeah it, it goes it is not about like one thing that this character is why i liked you know because we we had a lot of like backstory stuff for the tall star one but i feel like it was closer to being an adventure yes though. it was very much closer to like this is the big thing of his life that we are going to focus on. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one very much feels like we're just going to give you all of Leopard Star's backstory. Yeah. I, I was hoping that this would be more like focused on specifically what we get in the back third, like all of the stuff with Tiger Clan and all of that. I would have liked if we focused in on that instead of sort of having this entire arc. You know, maybe we I did really like having the White Claw stuff. So maybe mm -hmm. we could we could sort of start with some of that, but generally be focusing more on that. And I, I know there's also some things that happen later in Leopard Star's life that I think would have been interesting to cover. Mm -hmm. But as far as like stuff happening within the forest territories, I think that I would have preferred to see more about the joining of the two clans, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, I think this is an issue that I have with a lot of the super editions that we look at is they seem mm -hmm. very... Now, I don't know anything about the ones that take place after I stopped reading in high school because mm -hmm. they've come out with a lot of super editions that look much smaller. Yeah, um, I know that like Bramble Star's Storm is a very specific event. Squirrel Flight's Hope is a very specific event. I believe Hawkwing's Journey is a very specific event. Um, probably Crowfeather's Trial is also probably one. Yeah, Crowfeather's Trial, I would guess, is kind of specific. I know One Star's Confession is not. I know One Star's Confession is uh, going back over uh, the the whole life. That book is going to be interesting. That whole arc is going to be interesting. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, I don't think I remember. I don't think I know what One Star's Confession is about. No, you wouldn't because it very much deals with stuff that happened in A Vision of Shadows. Gotcha. But yeah, I'm just looking at, at my pile of books and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, a lot of the later ones are much smaller. Now I do have River Stars Home, which I know is another one of these contained adventures. So I'm very excited for the oh. day that we decide to do that one. Yes. Yes. I, we gotta I'm do that sometime. Pretty I'm pretty sure it's a contained adventure is basically what it's what it seemed like. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know that Tiger Hearts whatever. I don't remember the what but Tiger Hearts is also Shadow. Tiger Hearts Shadow is also a contained adventure. That sounds like it's going to be wild. I'm really excited to read that one. Yeah, I'm really excited about a lot of these. Like, they all seem very interesting. I'm very, very, very curious to see how they go. And like, keep an eye. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye out and see if we get more long form. Just here's the backstory kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of White Claw, the moment that White Paw comes to tell Leopard Fur that Sunfish died. And she, like, oh. just literally the two of them, like, he's just looking at her and they are both in so much pain. And she just, like, grabs him like a little kit and pulls him into her nest and they kind of just curl up around each other and sob. Yeah. And it is genuinely devastating. Yeah, like, that was that a really hurt. good scene. That hurt so bad. It felt so real to, uh, like, so genuine in the way that, uh, like, two people who loved somebody very much can share grief about their passing. Mm-hmm. Especially because he's just a kid. Like, I really liked that Leopard Fur became very much like a surrogate mother yeah. for White Claw. I would have liked to see a lot more of Leopard Fur kind of wishing that she had more of Leopard Fur contending with wishing that she had had a family because it really does seem like there was a part of her that super regrets going the Blue Star route of choosing, you know, essentially choosing her career Mm -hmm. over having a family. And that is something I really want to discuss because that was my main beef with this book. One of my main beefs with this book. I... Would have liked it if she didn't. I feel like the Frog Leap romance was shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. I can totally see it that. It does not feel like it developed very well. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like she was just like, oh, he's spending a lot of time with me. He must have a crush on me. I guess I have a crush on him back. It's very like compet of her, honestly, because I would have loved to see a story about like a female cat who's like, no, you know what? I don't regret not having kids because like this Mm -hmm. is what I want to do. And so the fact that they kind of gave her the exact same plot of blue fur Mm -hmm. and were like, oh, no, she was in love, but she gave it up in order to become a leader like it's been done before. Yeah, it has been done before. That's true. <laughs> I think I was, I think my vision was clouded by how much I just enjoyed Frog Leap as a character. I thought he was such a great guy. Oh, I love Frog Leap as a character. I think he's a great character. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the the relationship did not develop enough for me to care about their romantic feelings for each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it would have been, I don't feel like her struggle with wanting to be with him was ever 
it never felt to me like it made an impact on the plot. Like I mentioned with the moss pelt mm-hmm. thing, like mm-hmm. if that had been genuinely her trying to sabotage moss pelt because she was jealous, like I feel like the frog leap thing would have been more of a more of a presence in the story for me. But since it was just kind of like, oh, I had a crush once and I gave it up in order to become a leader. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to just obsess over that for the rest of my life. I'm like, that's... It's nothing new. Yeah. And you don't do anything with it except whine about it in your head. I think it's interesting that we like are picking up, the two of us are picking up on basically the same flaw here, which is mm-hmm. that it's like too mid, it's mid. It's like not- It's mid. It's not It's not going enough in either direction. And we're just sort of saying, we're like, I'm saying I would, I would be, I think that it would be stronger if it was more in the romance direction. And you're like, I think it would be stronger more in the other direction. I think both of those options are better than what we get. I agree. Um, because I, would and have, I, and I wouldn't have minded a stronger romance direction because, you know, Bluefur didn't have- have a very strong romance direction. So I feel yeah, like we came down very strongly on like Bluefur was not Bluefur wasn't really that uh committed to the romance mm-hmm. in the end. I think it really needs to be like we need to either go fully in on the emotions or we just don't need to have it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I agree. I feel like it would have been stronger too if they had, if they had done it. I feel like all of her Hemming and hawing about it would have made for a better impact on the story than what to me feels like he likes me, so I must like him mm-hmm. uh, is what it kind of boiled down to. Yeah, I, I think like I think something that could have been really fun is like if she break breaks up with him, but then like keeps coming back to him constantly as like a deep confidant and a like asking him for advice and stuff like on the goings on of the clan and he's kind of like I'm trying to move on and this is like kind of really like a lot we need to this is a boundary that that is not like working for me I think that could have been an interesting angle Mm -hmm. generally frog leap is too good for leopard for anyways I really liked frog leap a lot yeah I think he was a great character oh his scene where he gets beamed by a by a tree that was a rough one because it is just one of those things it's one of those deaths in these books where it's like this is just a weird act of god yeah and those always uh hurt really bad because it feels so real and like so like it's very scary when just something random happens yeah no i agree especially when you're cats especially when you're cats and you don't understand randomness you don't have a concept of the universe No, 100%. Is it time to talk about Tiger Star? Jill is smiling. Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything do you have anything else to say before we move on to Tiger Star though? Um, I do want to this is uh before Tiger Star kind of comes. Well, I guess Tiger Star is there through the whole thing, but Yeah, but we got to have just, like a Tiger Star section. Yeah, I do just want to like point out and I really wish we'd gotten more of this again. I think it would have been nice. The conversation between Leopard Fur and Silverstream, <laughs> where Silverstream was just so fucking good. rips her. She's like, I just can't imagine you being in love with any cat. It's really? So You're kind of old. I'm not that old. <laughs> You're older than me. It was so fucking funny. Oh, it was, I was so just like, good. Oh my god, I love Silverstream so much. I fucking love Silverstream. I wish that there had been more like silver stream of content in this book oh my god yeah and that's like the thing is like oh man it would have made a lot more like 
impact too with all the advice she's giving Silverstream if we had seen more of her interactions with Silverstream. I wish that they had been better friends. They're not yeah. that far apart in age. They're not. And like this conversation that we get from them reads like a very fun friend conversation. Yeah. But we just didn't. They just didn't give it's it to just us. just not, yeah. They just didn't give us, they didn't give us what, what we wanted. They didn't give us what they, what we wanted. I do love that. I love, I love all the little glimpses of Silverstream we get. We do not get enough Silverstream in this book at all. I was I really coming into it like, this is going to be the Leopard Fur and Silverstream hour. And it just was not at all, which is yeah. too bad. That is, it is unfortunate. Oh, I would like to just pour one out for our guy, Crooked Star. God. His his death his scene death sucks. was really good. And I just hate that he dies. I know him old. I know him sick. I just want to hold him. I just love him a lot. He suffered so much. He suffered so much. You know, at least he's at peace in, in Star Clan now. Yeah. Uh, him like, the fact absolutely... that he didn't even show up for Leopard Star's nine live ceremony because he was so tired bro that was another thing that was brutal he was so tired he was so tired his sp- his dead spirit couldn't even come to her, her and like we gotta ceremony. let him rest the man needs to sleep he needs to fucking like, jesus christ okay i liked Rough. the detail that he was refusing to call tiger claw tiger star in his oh, final moments so and leopard fur kept being like Oh, he's just really losing it. You know, he he doesn't know what he's saying. And I'm like, no, he knows what he's saying, Leopard He's Fur. doing this as a direct hit. <laughs> direct hit. Sniping. Sniping him. Snipe this man. Yeah, I did. I did was just, I was just like, poor guy. Um, Let's talk about Tiger Claw slash Tiger Star. Let's do Is it. Is this a safe place? Yes. He was kind of hot in this book. <laughs> <laughs> You fucking you! You're falling for it. I know. No, it's he okay. This is a safe space. This book, <laughs> like he was kind of he was kind of slight. <laughs> um, the moment when he is like standing there with leopard fur and is like, "Oh, you don't you don't have a boyfriend, huh? <laughs> you never really thought about it. That's a shame. You know, I really admired you, and I thought maybe that." You know, maybe the two of us. And she's just like, the fuck is this man talking about? But then she's also getting so taken in by his smooth talking that she's like, wait, do I like him? Do I? I know. I loved that part. I loved. And this is there's there's a thing in the Aaron corner that uh, that that I'll talk about with in in reference to sort of that beat too but i did love that it it really felt like she was she was being gaslit into having a crush on tiger star in a so lot of good. ways and you know what it fucking worked on me too because i love <laughs> i love uh, a fictional bad boy you love a fictional bad boy and this is a safe space and i love that for you yeah he was such a devious mastermind and such a smooth talker in this book deeply that i could talker. not help it i was like damn you know what if I were a leopard fur, yeah, I can see why she went with him. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it makes sense. And, you know, I've been watching a lot of cult documentaries lately. And, like, mm-hmm. he is doing the exact thing that a lot of these, like, cults and organizations will do. Because it's like, oh, you were always told you were special and you still don't feel like you're actually special. Well, I think you're special. Mm-hmm. And all these other people are going to think you're special if you just do what I say in order to, like, make yourself special. Mm-hmm. 
and it really does work. And he is such a good villain in this book. I love it so much. He's a great villain in this book. Uh, I think what I wrote here is uh, Tiger Star in top form, by which I mean they do a great job continuing to make me hate him more now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like love to hate him kind of way. He is doing yeah. a great villain job in this book. I really think it, you know, him being a, a kind of in the shadows villain was really good when it's from Fireheart's perspective. But I think as a villain, Tiger Heart or Tiger Claw really, really shines when it comes to being that big over the top like movie villain. Mm-hmm. The little detail even that like he is specifically the one that he specifically started shit to uh, to lead to like Riverclad attacking WindClan. That was that was a nice touch and a nice like Fucking, new bit of information. He, he is playing 5D chess over here. He's playing. And they're all playing checkers. It's so true. He's playing fucking dragon chess. They got three levels on that bitch. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, what are what were your thoughts on Tiger Star? I just I was really I loved his seeing his villainry from her perspective. It was so good. Yeah, it was good. I yeah I loved to loved to hate him in this one. I want to know more about what you said in our DMs earlier. <laughs> oh no, that was what I said. Where where I was like. Uh, I have some thoughts about Tiger Claw in this book. Is that what you're talking about? No, the the casual YouTube watcher to alt-right pipeline. Yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, a lot of people are probably familiar with it by now. There's been studies and whatnot on, like, the way that the YouTube algorithm will tend to push alt-right stuff towards certain followers of certain content creators. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was very interesting how, you know, like I mentioned, Leopard Fur has always been told that she's special and she thinks that she's got this great destiny and it's not panning out for her the way that she thought it would. And here comes somebody who's like, no, 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 you are special. You just got to get rid of those fucking minorities. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Oh, it's so so insidious the way that we watch her go from like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to do the best for my clan because they're my clan. And then it's like, well, I'm going to do the best for my clan because everyone else is beneath us. Yeah, it's oh, oh, it makes my skin crawl. That scene where like the that just one scene was all it took really for yeah. Leopard Fur to be like, let's fucking take over Wind Clan's territory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was so much. His little, his, this is also something that we saw in the Tiger Star and Sasha manga, but like his little flip around of what's going on in ThunderClan. He is a master of gaslighting. Doing this whole fucking thing with like, uh, Fireheart is just a, a, a terrible kitty pet with no honor, doesn't understand anything, you know, is just out for himself. Oh, oh, it makes, oh, it makes me go like, I'm, I'm wiggling my fingers above (laughs) my head. Like it gets, it gets to the point where she, of her own accord, comes to the conclusion that, oh, well, Graystripe must be a spy for Fireheart. And he definitely poisoned the entire fucking clan. I don't know how, but he definitely did it. Like the paranoia and the just very subtle way that it starts to seep in until like, you don't realize it's necessarily happening until it has happened mm-hmm. um, it really really uh like tiger claw and ti- like tiger claw slash tiger star in this book really just knows how to push all of leopard stars buttons mm-hmm. immediately 
Yeah. He plays her like a fiddle the whole time. He really uh, does. Which is which is uh tough to tough to watch. Tough to watch, but it did but it also was fun very to entertaining to read. Mm-hmm. So it was some of the better stuff in the book. I agree. Again, uh, I with do... the character interactions being like the best part of this book. Yeah, it really was. Like and you know, I think Kate Carey is the author of this one. I think Kate Carey generally does some pretty good, like, character-on-character work. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely, like, I think we're definitely seeing where she shines and where she tends to struggle as far as the writing goes with this one. Yeah. In both ways. Uh, I do, I want to mention, I love how Leopard Fur so cannot imagine having a best friend. So funny. (laughs) That she is just, like, so suspicious of Fireheart always being with Graystripe whenever like they're at a gathering together or when they're coming and helping River Clan together. Every time she's like, I understand that Graystripe is here because he likes Silverstream, but why the fuck is Fireheart here? <laughs> Just to support his friend seems fucking sus. Seems suspicious. I do just want to point out we got a very fun I, I really enjoyed her nine lives ceremony. It was a good nine live ceremony. I liked seeing a lot of the cats that uh, that came to that see passed her. away. Yeah, everybody came to see her when he when nice. she sees Frog leap and asks if the kits are there too. Yeah, uh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. The last bookmark I have in here is our next point on your list. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about the editing. We got to talk about the editing, gang. I. I'm not joking. I genuinely had to go back a couple chapters and make sure they did not misprint my book. Because in chapter 28, I think is what it is, we have Featherpaw and Stormpaw's apprentice ceremony. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, Boulder and Jagged Tooth are there. It's like completely where they come from. Who the fuck knows? Uh, And then literally two chapters later, is when Boulder and Jagged Tooth and all the Shadow Clan cats start moving in. Yeah. And Tiger Star is like, oh, so I see you gave the Half Clan cats Half Clan apprentices when she didn't know that at the time. When yeah. she gave them their those apprentices, she did not know Mistyfoot and Stonefur were Half Clan cats. Right, because she literally found that out immediately after. Yeah, and I then he, yeah, and then he's also, also they- like why did you make a half clay cat your deputy? And she, I'm like, she didn't know any she of this. Also, know. it all happened before you stuck your fingers in this pie. Yeah. Like it, the, the editing was so clunky in the back fourth of this book because it was just jumping around the timeline, like uh, there, going yeah, back and that, forth. That entire scene, like, because also literally sentences before they had said that the other two kits were ready to be apprenticed, but it would still be like a couple of moons before Storm Storm Kit and Feather Kit were ready to be apprenticed. And then it's like, oh, they're apprentices now. Um, yeah. But also this is in the wrong place. Like, I think that it it genuinely seems like it was a scene that was written later. And then for some reason, it ended up accidentally getting moved earlier And, like, nobody caught it. Yeah, it really does not feel like anybody caught it. There were also more noticeable name mix-ups in this book, I feel like. Uh Uh-huh. I Um, mean, the... the, Just the allegiances is apparently a huge mess. (laughs) Patchpelt and the cooler (laughs) Patchpelt. Also, I believe White White Storm is listed twice, uh, once as a kit. 
if I'm remembering what it said on the uh, errors page of the wikia. Uh, yes, Snowfur, white cat with blue eyes, mother to white kit, a white tom. Uh, whereas he's he's also elsewhere in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some issues. There's some there's some issues. Um, and I think that is probably partially like this is. I know we say it every time, but they gotta get like a lore document. They gotta get someone. They gotta get somebody to just organize this stuff. Please. We're begging I you, would do ladies. it. I fucking do love to arbitrarily suit fuck, sort. Dude, I'll do it for free. We could get you guys on track, please, just to get somebody to do it. But yeah, there there were a lot of very clunky scenes. And I think, you know, it goes back to the point that I had earlier about like it just feels like we're gonna give Leopard Star's greatest hits mm-hmm. and we're not gonna make like a huge effort to transition between them. I uh I kind of wonder like when you said the thing about that this this was sort of probably being written in the early uh stages of COVID and being released like mm-hmm. right you know after the first year of COVID uh that sort of you know clicked something into place for me like this is obviously just speculation but I wouldn't be surprised if part of the reason that that last quarter of the book it, it has so many editing issues is because of COVID stuff like. Yeah. Very much the whole pipeline could have been totally, you know, all fucked up because of because of that. Um, I, I agree. Yeah, there was a lot of um, double words. I, I, in, oh my I don't God, know. Yes. A lot there of was like, a lot of like just plain old proofreading mistakes. Yes, exactly. A lot of places where it's like, OK, clearly this sentence was structured slightly differently and then they changed it, but they missed a word, mm-hmm. um, which is something that happens to anybody that happens to me when I'm writing all the fucking time. But you got to That's why you proofread. Yeah, that's why you go back and read over everything and make sure it makes sense. Yeah. And that's why you have, you know, that's why when you're publishing a book, you have multiple people doing all mm-hmm. these jobs. Yeah, it is. It definitely, I you know, I don't like to speculate, but it definitely feels like perhaps some things were missed in the mm-hmm. process. Yeah. Um, I noticed here you put, uh, it would have been more emotionally resonant if it ended with the Misty Foot scene. 100% agree. Yeah, so, so I right. I do not feel like we needed more than that. I feel like no. that was a good ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this great scene um, where a lot of this stuff, like... There's a lot of things that happen in the back quarter of this book that I didn't write that much about in the summary. And we probably won't discuss that much because they're going to come up in sort of greater detail and more specific detail in the next episode. There's an event that happens that we're definitely going to talk about in the next episode. But I didn't want to bring it up too much in this one Mm -hmm. uh, since the darkest hour is the thing that is like where I saw it happen the first time. And and we're going to definitely have to talk about that scene. Oh, we will. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but there is a, a scene here um, where uh, Misty Foot, who has been a refugee in ThunderClan after all the stuff happens with Tiger Star and uh, locking up all the half clan cats and everything. And Leopard Fur goes to Misty Foot and asks her to come back to RiverClan and to be her deputy because she needs, you know, someone like Misty Foot to sort of keep her in in place in a lot of ways. And it's this great scene where Misty Foot's like, I have to think about it and walks away. And then like before she can even get to the tree line, she turns around and is like, I've thought of basically like I've thought about it. I can't I love River Clan. River Clan is my home. Yeah, uh, I, I will do it. Like and it was just this great moment of connection. It really felt like a uh, like a great cap on 
everything happening in Leopard Star's arc. And then we got more book after that. And I think that we just didn't need more book after that. I think that ending with the Misty Foot scene would have would have been like the key place to end for me. Yeah, Uh, 100%. That's it for my notes on this book. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for me, too. I got to confess my sin of being temporarily attracted to Tiger Star. You know, yeah, it's that. I mean, he gets he 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 does get bitches. He does get bitches. At least two of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will. At least uh, tip- two of them. At least two. Um, I will tiptoe us over to the Aaron corner. Um, as stated earlier, this was uh, authored by Kate Carey. It was published September 7th, 2021. Um, so it was a very recent. I believe the most recent thing we have read to date, aside from the manga about Night Pelt, which I think might have even been 2023. It was like really recent. Uh, But this is the most recent, like, non-side edition kind of thing. Leopard Star being the subject of the super edition was decided by a fan poll, uh, which I think kind of does, uh, like, color the reason that there's a lot of things in here that we feel like, like, I'm sure that, that obviously there's ideas that, that they could have come to with that, like, before they put up that poll, but, Mm -hmm. uh, like, definitely feels kind of like a- a fan votey thing mm-hmm. probably didn't come to it with necessarily like this is exactly what I, like this is the story I want to tell. It's like what exactly. what would the fans like to hear about? It's like the people want to hear about her. And now we got to figure out something interesting mm-hmm. to say for five hundred pages. Yeah, um, but apparently Leopard Star is Kate's favorite clan leader, and uh, she was really excited to write the super di- super edition. So I'm happy for Kate. Yeah, good job, Kate. This is kind of what I was alluding to earlier. Vicky Holmes stated in Aaron Hunter chat number six, which was done in June twenty or sorry June two thousand nine, that Leopard Star was in love with Tiger Star, and I thought that the thing that we got in this book was more interesting and like more nuanced than that. In I like. Agree. There was sort of a crush. It was disguised as admiration. It was also kind of influenced by the way Tiger Star was was acting towards her. I think that's a way more interesting take than just it like... It is definitely a lot more nuanced, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the more nuanced version of it where it's like, is it a crush? Is it just him being manipulative? Is it her finding someone who finally gets her because she's had so many problems like relating to her father mm-hmm. not to say that leopard star has daddy issues but you know she does exile her father at one point in this book which was fucking wild yeah anyway food for thought food for thought so i thought i thought that was interesting and obviously 2009 a very long time ago mm-hmm. so i never take anything that's in the aaron hunter chats as like gospel or anything but i'm always curious to see how uh opinions or decisions sort of change with character stuff uh, when yeah. compared to those. Um, speaking of that, uh, not related to Leopard Star's honor at all, but I did find it while scrolling through the uh, Aaron Hunter chat number six. Vicky states here, if a leader chooses to retire, uh, I quote, they have to go to the moon pool and surrender all their lives except for one. Otherwise, the next leader won't receive their full quota of nine lives. Pine Star only had one life left and Sunstar still only got eight lives. Star Clan. Bitches. Bitches. That's all. I just gotta say Star Clan Bitches. Okay, uh, that's it for Aaron Corner. All very good points. <laughs> Fuck Star Clan once again. Fuck Star Clan. So we're gonna pop into AO3 because I was very interested. I did not reveal this during our discussion because I wanted to save it for this section. 
Ooh. But another reason that Frog Leap and Leopard Fur did not really, like, vibe with me is because I really like Leopard Fur and Sunfish together. <laughs> I, that is a good, that is a good, a good They pull. just have such a more, it's, it's the inverse of the shonen anime, like, we're going to develop the relationship with the rival way more than the secondary love, in- than like the love interest <laughs> character who's just kind of there in the background. Mm-hmm. Why are they all shipping our two main rival boys? Maybe it's because they're the only one they ever interact with in any meaningful way. Is this about Bungo Stray Dogs? No, this is about fucking Naruto. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sunfish and Leopard Fur are Sasuke and Naruto. Mm. Um, Incredible actually, take. Actually... You know, Sasuke is kind of a very morally great character. Yeah. Much to think about. Anyway. Leopard fur is Sasuke confirmed. Yeah, leopard fur is Sasuke. But yeah, so there were some, there were about four fix for the romantic pairing of leopard fur and sunfish. Uh, There were only three for leopard fur and frog leap and three for beetle nose and sunfish. So I love uh, that. Yuri wins again. Yuri wins yet again. Uh, only four fix were tagged specifically for this super edition. Uh, one of the leopard fur and sunfish uh, fix is about uh, them being a romantic couple and Beetlenose being a surrogate, like or sunfish, like carrying the kits, but Beetlenose like being the the donor father. Oh, that's cute. It was, yeah, it was really short and like you know, it was nothing like spectacular but i really liked seeing it and i'm like oh that would be really cool if they did that in the fucking warrior series but they're never gonna do that i would love to see uh gay cats with a surrogate father in uh, yeah in the warriors and yeah so you know i just think it was a kind of a nice little idea also that led me to a rare pair collection Ooh. Uh, so it looks like this is a prompt meme challenge where you can throw your warriors rare pair into the prompts list and like people will come to the prompts list and just write that rare pair that's fun Uh, so the definition of a rare pair for those who are not familiar a rare pair is generally agreed to be the number varies depending on like how big your fandom is a rare pair is a a ship between two characters almost always romantic but there is not a lot of fan works for it. Uh, so for the Warrior Cats rare pairs, because there are so many fucking cats in these series, I think they have like a very low threshold Yeah. Uh, for what is considered a rare pair. But under 10 works in their tag means something is considered a rare pair for this challenge that they've I've got noticed here. Jay Feather slash Ancient Stick is here and I fucking lost my mind. Yeah. Um, it's called sticks and stones dot 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 <laughs> Christ constructive uh, criticism welcome <laughs> uh, but yeah so it's oh it's a poem oh uh, but yeah so I just thought oh that's really nice because like I've done for some other fandoms like I've participated in rare prayer events and it really depends on like the volume of work present in the series mm-hmm. tag in general, but I thought it was fun. I like rare pairs. I think it's fun to see like different uh, characters and be like, oh, that is an interesting combination. I wonder how yeah. those two characters would interact. Absolutely. So a lot of fun. Uh, there were 11 fix for Leopard Fur and Tiger Claw. 
Mm-hmm. That makes uh, sense and to me. Seven for leopard fur and stone fur. I think that you know, you know me. I'm a sucker for like leader and second mm-hmm. uh, being a thing. We all know that I I was baptized in the fire of Roy Mustang and Riza Hawkeye to yeah. rise like a phoenix from the ashes. Yeah. So that's fun to me. I think, and I think if they had had more interactions, I would be like mm-hmm. more choo choo. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, there's a rewrite of the scene where Mistyfoot agrees to become Leopard Fur's deputy or Leopard Star's deputy, which, you know, she still makes the same decision, but she's, you know, a little bit more like, hey, what you did was fucked up. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was extremely fucked yeah, up. Yeah, it was in- incredibly fucked up. Uh, in terms of some cat stats, uh, there are 12 for White Claw, six for Sunfish, 187 for Leopard Fur. Damn. Uh, and 10 for Frog Leap. Uh, Tumblr didn't have much except cat designs. I love, I'm sure there's lots of good leopard star designs. Oh, there's designs. so many beautiful leopard star designs. So I do want to like preface the note that I put with this one. It was much smaller when I looked at it the first time. <laughs> but I did see leopard star and the way she was drawn. And I was like, damn, that looks like an anime girl that I'm <laughs> very familiar with. It's not when you look at it closer. But they did draw human leopard star. She does have a six pack and like the thickest eyeshadow. Yeah, super deep eyeshadow. I'm obsessed with this mud fur that's like a little I, wizard. He's like a fucking wizard, man. I love him. He's great. So that was just entertaining to me. Uh, leopard star was on a morally great girl boss poll. She did not win. Damn. Uh, lots of beautiful leopard star designs. Also, somebody pointed out this quote, which I had forgotten about. It's not like you're going to hunt here, Tiger Claw added. River Clan cats can't catch anything but fish. Rage turned in Leopard Fur's belly. All Thunder Clan cats can catch is Green Cough. She snapped. Fucking dragged. She just absolutely eviscerated him. Is that the same? Is that the same scene though when they are decide when she's like, we could call it Leopard Clan instead of Tiger Clan, and he's like, we'll figure out the details later. She already had. She already had her 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 leader name at that point. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, that was funny, though. That shit was funny. Um, yeah, wow, sick burn. <laughs> ThunderClan cats can just catch green cough. Folks are upset about the Frog Leap romance, I see. Yes, they were. I mean, so apparently, and this is something that I did a little digging on, prior to this book's release, it was a very common fan headcanon that Leopard Star was either asexual or a lesbian. Oh. And it was a mm-hmm. very widely accepted headcanon. Mm-hmm. And typically the the errands tend to know generally what the pulse is of the fandom. Yeah. So I think a lot of folks saw we're going to take this ace lesbian uh, headcanon character and we're going to give her a poorly written heterosexual romance. Mm-hmm. And we're like, That's not cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, Because prior to this, you know, a lot of a lot of her description was like she was a cat who did not have romance, who did not experience it, who did not like pursue it or crave it. And so a lot of people were like, cool. So we're going to get a book about a cat who is like she's driven, she's ambitious and she does not want a mate or kids. And then they kind of did that. So like, you know, not saying that you should always bend to the headcanons of your fandom because we've seen how that has gone before. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 
it does, I, I, I can definitely see where the people who perhaps were more attached to the character prior and especially were attached to the fact that she had been presented so far without having had any romantic attachments. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see being upset by yeah. now your character that, you know, was pretty unique for this has a mid heterosexual romance just because mm-hmm. we wanted to throw some drama in there. Yeah, I feel that. I will say another perspective to give credit to the Aaron's having like the very driven character who doesn't seem to be interested in relationships be the ace character is also not like necessarily a super fun uh like stereotype to me and not not to say that like if people have that headcanon that's totally cool but i can Mm -hmm. see why maybe they would want to avoid that in or like you know or closeted lesbians being Mm -hmm. that way i think is also kind of a a popular trope in in people queerifying Mm -hmm. characters um and not to say that that's not something that like that that never happens in real life or whatever, but it, that that stuck out to me immediately when you said that as an as an ace person, I'm like, oh, the the one who's not interested in relationships is uh, is the ace one. Uh, yeah. Not always not always like the most nuanced take, I guess, is kind of what I was thinking. Of. No, absolutely not. I don't think I don't think anyone is necessarily in the right here. I do just think <laughs> like. No, I can totally, I think, you know, I think, you know, if that is because she is a character from 2000 and whatever, you know, that's 20 years since that book came out. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, this character who has not been interested in romance for 20 years, all of a sudden has a relationship that none of us knew about. Yeah, that can I can see that being kind of frustrating if you're more tuned into it than I am. Yeah, that, that is the thing that I can see like people being like upset about is like, oh yeah, we've had this established fact about this character for a while, regardless of if she is, you know, ace or lesbian coded. Like it was a fact that she was not a Mm -hmm. cat who was interested in taking a mate. Yeah. And then they changed it. And as we have discussed, the relationship could have been portrayed better. So I can Mm -hmm. understand why people are pissed off. Absolutely. Uh, That's all I got for the fandom, fandom corner, the sharing tongues. That's all for sharing tongues. It's time to choose our warrior cats of the week. All right. Who's your cat? Uh, apparently might be a controversial choice, but my warrior cat of the week is Frog Leap. Again, I don't think they, I don't think it's Frog Leap that people dislike. I think it is the way right, the it's more the relationship written. itself. Yeah. yeah. I have no problem with this man. I like him. He's a sweet boy. He is just a sweet guy. I really liked the way that he interacted with Whitepaw after Sunfish's death. I like the connection of him being Sunfish's brother. Um... I really liked the influence that he had. I feel like he was a good influence on Leopard Fur in a lot of her early story. And I think her not having him as like a grounding presence in her life, like as Tiger Star came in and started to like worm into her life. I think that things could have been different if uh, if Frog Leap was uh, if, if Frog Leap was around more to give her advice. Um I loved how much he loved his family. I love how much of a wife guy he was, no matter no matter which wife he was choosing. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he's he's a warrior cats guy that is uh, you know, hitting all of the right buttons for me as usual. I liked Frogly a lot. My cat. Yeah, tell me about yours. Ain't no laws when we're drinking claws, baby. It is white claw. Hey. <laughs> I really loved 
the way his relationship is portrayed with Leopard Star. I think it was such a like nice take on these two sharing their grief together. Mm-hmm. She's like struggling with, am I being too harsh on him or am I coddling him? Like, and he's just genuinely such such a good cat. There was a lot of complexity to his character, which wasn't mm-hmm necessary for like the story that they were telling and it was really refreshing and nice to see him be Mm -hmm. so complex and he was just like he was a really fun young cat to hang around with like i really enjoyed watching him grow up and it makes uh it it makes it even more devastating that he dies the way he does oh it really does it yeah because, you know, fire and ice, you're like, okay, so this random guy died. That's yeah, tragic. Exactly. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know him. And now I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah. My poor oh little my boy. God. He fucking died. <laughs> he fucking dead. Oh, my fucking God. He fucking dead, dude. <laughs> um, but yes, I just really enjoyed him as a character. I think they brought a lot of uh, complexity to him that we did not have in the series. And yeah. I just really enjoyed it. I think he was fun. I liked him. I think that's about it. All right. Thank you, Jill, for another great episode. Always love making this. Happy to be back in the saddle. Happy to be back. Glad I'm not coughing anymore. Glad you're not coughing anymore. Uh, Dear listeners, if you have thoughts about coughing and how much you like to not be doing it uh you can write to us at pause and pod at gmail.com that's pause as in what a cat has claws as in the part of speech pod as in podcast we are still on twitter at pause and claws we are also on blue sky at pause and claws and on tumblr at pause claws pod listeners who are 18 years and older can come join us on discord which will be linked in the show notes I'm Scout, and you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, or Blue Sky at HumbleGoat. You can see the art that I do, including our podcast cover art, at scoutwilkinson.myportfolio.com. All of those links are also in the show notes, as well as a link to my Kofi page. Thank you. And you can find me on Twitter at plot underscore twists, on Blue Sky at plot hyphen twists, or on Tumblr at antique hyphen romantic. Our next episode will be out in two weeks, where we will discuss the final volume of The Prophecies Begin, book six, The Darkest Hour. Read along by buying the book from a local bookstore or checking out a copy from your local library. Until then, dear listeners, may Star Clan guide your paws. (laughs) 